Please rise. Court is now in session. I strenuously object. A legal podcast brought to you by the Pittsburgh Law Firm of Flaherty Fardo is now in session. All those seeking information about the law and legal matters affecting the people of Pittsburgh and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, half-baked opinions, and a dose of self-indulgence are invited to attend and participate. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The defense strenuously objects. You would! Call the first witness. All right, welcome to I Strenuously Object. It's an early morning for us on the recording side. Don't know when it is you'll be listening out there, but we got breaking news and we want to kind of talk about it uh, while it's still fresh. So we had a a big verdict, a really big verdict come out uh, Friday afternoon. Rudy Giuliani's case, right? Once upon a time, America's mayor, right? But it's the case of Ruby Freeman and uh, Shay Moss, a a mother and daughter who were election workers versus Rudy Giuliani. This was in in federal court uh, in Georgia. And just to to put it right out there, the, the cumulative verdict uh, in a defamation case against Rudy Giuliani here was $148 million. We, we have found, and we will post the link uh, on the episode once it's up there, uh, to the actual verdict form that the jurors filled out at the end of this trial uh, with their, their handwritten numbers that add up to this $148 million figure. So over the next, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, uh, we're, we're, we're not good at restraining ourselves. We're going to tell you how it is that we feel uh, about, about these eye-popping numbers. I'm Bill Rogel. Uh, joining me is uh, attorney Noah Fardo. Uh, we're both partners in the firm Flaherty, Fardo, Rogel, and Amick uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. No, I'll pitch it to you right out of the gate here. Uh, you, you, you saw the news story, and we've, uh, we've seen the actual verdict form. What are your thoughts? Yeah, good morning, William. So is the Giuliani verdict fair uh what was well let's let's break it down for us bill what was the verdict 150 million in the aggregate almost 100 billion dollars so the cumulative total here is 148 million dollars there are two different plaintiffs here a mother and daughter um who were each awarded 36 or 37 million dollars in compensatory damages and then there's a 75 million dollar punitive damages award as well much like we we talked before about the alex jones case this was a trial that was on damages only that is to say the court has already decided that mr giuliani's conduct was defamatory and apparently part of the basis of that was discovery sanctions that he was being to some degree or another as far as the court was concerned uh not fully compliant with his obligations under discovery and again this sounds familiar this sounds like some of what happened in the lead up to that big verdict against alex jones back in i guess what was that late 22 now so Anyway, they had a trial just on damages, assuming that, yes, they were defamed. What is that worth? And there were both damages for the defamation itself. And then as a separate category, maybe because there was a NIED claim or an intentional infliction of emotional distress claim. I'm not sure how they ended up separated on the verdict form, but they gave separate awards for the defamation itself and then for the uh, emotional distress that was suffered by each of the plaintiffs. So the question, I suppose, here, right? uh, again, the the this whole trial was just assuming that what was said was defamatory, right? That that these public statements were injurious and were in, otherwise improper. And and I'm sure there's going to be appeals, right? Uh, I, I know that the, the the reports are that uh, 
that Rudy Giuliani is basically broke at this point. I don't know how he's going to get the lawyers to do the appeals, but someone's going to do it. And I know he's got some First Amendment stuff he wants to raise. And, and, you know, there are ways of collaterally attacking what happened here. But for the purposes of the verdict itself, again, we're just operating under the assumption he said false stuff about these election workers. And then the trial went for four days, basically talking about the level of harassment that this mother and daughter went through, right? Their names got publicized. They were subject to all sorts of awful abuse, awful racist abuse in particular, uh, to the surprise of exactly no one in the world that we live in. These were private individuals living private lives who were trying to be civil servants, right? Our election system is, who knows how many thousands of people, someone's probably tried to count it out, have to work like physical rubber meets road stuff to count the ballots, collect the ballots, move them from point A to point B. Or, you know, the whole election system depends upon people being willing to do that. And I don't think that that level of service necessarily should subject you to this kind of publicity. And that's the thing, right? Like the defamatory statements here that made these two women famous or infamous in a way that they wouldn't have been otherwise. Um, some people dream of that kind of notoriety, but uh, other people, I mean, Noah, you don't want to be known or seen. What's it worth to you to go from being kind of you know, a normal private citizen to someone who's widely publicized and subject to stacks and stacks and stacks of harassing content from strangers. That's what I want to get to you know, as lawyers. So Giuliani was wrong. He admitted it. And the jury has to value the harm from everything they suffered. And what they did on the verdict form was they awarded approximately $16 million each for the damages called defamation. They awarded the same amount, about $16 million each for emotional harms. So they were each awarded $32 million along those lines. And then the jury in a final line awarded $75 million in punitive damages, which is damages awarded to punish bad conduct. But Bill, what I ha I'm having a problem with all weekend, I'm not saying they're not entitled to $32 million. They may be. Like the jury has to pick a number somewhere, but don't ever tell me to settle a wrongful death case for less than that amount in the future. I mean, we deal with hospitals killing people, doctors negligently killing people, and the, and the defense is offering a million dollars, two million dollars. I mean, how many times have we seen the value of a life from one million to two million, but nobody has a problem with 64 million when notoriety was was brought to these ladies when I understand it was more than that. But that's where I want to hear you make a counter argument. How can we ever settle a case in the future concerning a wrongful death for less than $64 million now? Same with Alex Jones. I mean, 4.5 billion, right? Nobody died. Oh, you're having a bad day? Did you die? I got shot. But did you die? Well, on, our, on this episode of Sour Grapes Theater, um, look, the system fundamentally undervalues dead people. Right. Wrongful death cases do not get awarded sufficient damages. We've often talked about the fact that, you know, from a what the case is worth perspective, having millions of dollars of projected medical expenses further in your future ends up being more valuable to a case than a plaintiff actually passing away. I, I do think that they should be getting more than they do. But plaintiffs, attorneys and defendants, attorneys both know that wrongful death cases go to verdict all the time and get two million dollars, one million dollars, three million dollars. Never mind the fact that this is a case where there was no actual, 
meaningful contest to liability by the time you got to trial, right? Settling a case where the defendant says, yes, this is my fault. This is only a case about damages looks a little different than settling a case where a doctor or a hospital is showing up in court saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I was trying to help this person, right? Rudy Giuliani is not making the defense. I'm trying to help these election workers. And that really matters. And maybe it shouldn't, right? But we're talking about monopoly money and we're talking about trying to send messages to rich and famous people who were Times person of the year 20 years ago. Uh, that, that level of notoriety and fame is a game changer for what a jury's do doing. And it may be impossible for anyone to be totally fair and objective when you're dealing in that, in that scope, in that magnitude. Let me put you on that jury because I have no doubt you would honor your oath and you would bring great intellect to the discussion. But if you're in that jury and 11 other jurors want to award $64 million for defamation and emotional damages, are you agreeing in this case? Where do you stand? Do you think the verdict was too high? Look, they heard four days of testimony that I didn't hear, right? So like, let me, let me anesthetize this at the beginning. I don't know enough about what these two particular women went through to know what I would do if I heard four days of testimony about how this wrecked their lives and then had to put a dollar figure on it, right? I am looking at this from a greater distance and with way less information. My supposition here is you know, when it comes to punitive damages, I'm more interested in fixing a damage award that is trying to dissuade Rudy Giuliani and people like him from engaging in this sort of conduct where, you know, some non-rich, non-famous private citizen uh, kind of becomes a, a, a victim in this whole political sphere. But for compensatory damages, yeah, look, it would be hard for me as a juror not to say... <sighs> 36 and 37 million dollars is compensation for admittedly awful abuse, right? And admittedly really detrimentally affecting their lives. But but they're alive, right? There are cases all the time where people die or are severely physically injured to the point that, you know, their 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 quality of life drops to to nothing. And those cases aren't worth anywhere near 36 million dollars in in compensation. But Again, jurors don't typically have that information. It's why lawyers keep other lawyers out of their out of their jury pools, because, of course, I would be doing a mental comparison to what courts award to people who die. And I would be using that to restrain or trying to use that to restrain the jury to a compensation that is fair for someone whose life has been totally altered, but not ended or like completely ruined to the point of having no quality anymore. See, this is where I think you're becoming a dinosaur a little bit, where I still think that your valuation of money, when I think you look at the new generations, a wrongful death case should be worth 20 or $30 million these days. And I think younger people, when they hear about the billionaires and the amount of money in, this, in these verdicts, in the Alex Jones verdicts, I think you're going to see a change over the next decade of significantly higher wrongful death personal injury verdicts, just because... The numbers are higher in everybody's I mean, head. I think we're seeing a trend in that direction, but we're not seeing a trend to hundreds of millions of dollars. And I don't think we will, right? I don't think the I don't think the going rate for uh for wrongful death cases is suddenly gonna become sixty million dollars because people have been seeing hundred million dollar verdicts in the news. That said, I do think that our jury pools now, perhaps more than ever, are starting to recognize that, you know, giving someone $800,000 or $1.5 million, you know, it is not earth-shattering, news-making vindication for plaintiffs in these sorts of cases. And if that's what jurors want to do, right, is say, 
this thing that happened to you was awful and we want to kind of give you a measure of justice back at the back end, then yeah, I mean, I do think the, the price of poker is going up as it were. You called it monopoly money earlier on. Why did you say that? I haven't looked at the, uh, the demographics or the individuals on this particular dream. I don't know what's out there in that regard. I promise you none of them have ever seen, you know, $148 million or $60 million or $30 million. So at some level, you just reach a point where it's fiction, right? It's, it's dollars and cents and zeros and commas. And there is no particular rational basis for deciding, is this worth $20 million or $50 million, right? It's all, it's all a jury trying to, <laughs> what's the, what's the phrase now? They're working on vibes, right? You've got a bunch of jurors who are, who have clearly decided we want to give just a giant sum of money here because that's what's fair. And then they got to figure out what, what, we got to turn giant sum of money into like an actual real countable sum of money. And no one has any idea how to do that. And one of the usual places where you're able to kind of hook things here. Well, two things, right? Uh, one of the places where you can hook things is in a case with punitive damages, evidence of the defendant's wealth is often admissible, right? If you want to deter conduct, you're not going to deter a rich defendant by giving them a $10,000 punitive damages award. They don't care. It's a rounding error. So oftentimes personal wealth comes into play, both in discovery and then in the actual evidence that's deduced. Uh, I think some of this personal wealth is where often the discovery disputes happen because these defendants just aren't turning that stuff over, uh, even though they're required to. So here, I don't think the jury got information about Rudy Giuliani's personal wealth, even though theoretically that is one place they would have been able to find a number, fix a number, understand what a number means. The other thing is the plaintiff's attorneys here are able to ask for specific sums in that art. Most jurisdictions allow that. Pennsylvania does not. So at least in these jurisdictions, the attorneys can come up and say, hey, we want a minimum award of $20 million. Um, and that gives the jury something to start on. Like, do I agree with the plaintiff? Then I should give the plaintiff what the plaintiff wants. Do I think it's even worse than the plaintiffs are letting on? Maybe. So again, in a, in a world where you're totally adrift, just trying to make up a number, something like that is at least a, a jumping off point. But th these attorneys didn't walk up there and specifically ask for $148 million, right? The, the jury did their own thing there. Yeah, I had one more question about the damages bill. So I thought it was interesting. They awarded, there was three lines on the verdict form. And the first one was just for the defamation, $16 million. And then the second one was for emotional injuries, 16 million. I don't understand. I mean, to me, I'm having a mental gymnastic of you're awarding 16 million, not for any harm suffered, just for him saying something false. Is that how you understood the verdict? Because the second line is paying me $16 million for all of the emotional harm I suffered. But the first line is paying $16 million just for defamation, in quotes. Well, you're asking me to speculate a little. I, I haven't reviewed the pleadings. I don't know if there were separate, say, defamation counts and like infliction of emotional distress counts, in which case these could be damages for two separate legal theories, um, even though there would be some expected overlap between those two as far as the damages here. Um, but otherwise, when you're talking about defamation, one of the damages you've got kind of separate from your own emotional distress is damage to your reputation uh, itself as separate from how you feel about your reputation, but just kind of objectively the fact that harm was done to your reputation and your good name. Um, and it may well be that the distinction here is 
one set of damages here is damages for the fact that there's kind of a, a scarlet letter that's going to follow these women for the rest of their lives based upon their their being associated with election fraud. And then the other is damages for now let's get into the nitty gritty of what I actually suffered. Here's all the people who harassed me. Here's all the things that were said to me. People saying mean things to you is not defamation, right? It's not like those are statements of fact being made to them. And anything you say to a person, I can't defame you to yourself, right? That's not a thing because you're not relying upon what I'm saying to you to come up with opinions or understand facts about yourself. So I have a couple theories as to what that specific distinction is, but really my guess is everything overlapped so much that just giving them more lines gave more opportunities for awarding different damages here. And I do think in that regard, there, there, there is some art to, and, and, and I think art, not science, is the way to think about it, uh, to what the right number of kind of lines and blanks and what the layout of a verdict form should be. Because if you get too specific on your verdict form and you're asking the jury to award specifically damages for like just this and nothing else, and you kind of instruct them to silo off your damages for scarring or your damages for uh, loss of enjoyment of life's pleasures as distinct from their suffering. It's possible that that exercise ends up limiting your damages because if the jury does a good job of focusing in only on the limited question in front of them with respect to filling in that line, then having too many lines can end up with something where like the you know, the whole should be more than the sum of its parts, but they're only looking at the parts. On the other hand, if you don't give them enough lines, then they're, you know, if there were only two lines to fill out here I, or one line, let's say there was one line to fill out. I don't imagine the jury would have come back at 148 million collectively. I think having to separate two different, well, four different, because there's two plaintiffs, compensatory claims, and then a punitive claim, five was a really nice kind of sweet spot. You know, I'm using hindsight here uh, for the for the attorneys who set up this verdict form to, to land on because it gave the jury a chance to compromise and to put up big numbers, but it also gave them a chance to do that multiple times and not just once. Will the plaintiffs collect all of the money in general? Do plaintiffs usually get all of these uh, judgments or not? I have never tried to enforce a $150 million judgment against a person who may or may not have that level of assets. All the reports here are that Rudy Giuliani doesn't have $150 million in assets to get anymore. He's he's not paying his lawyers. There's all this kind of smoke out there. There's talk about him filing bankruptcy. Now, bankruptcy won't necessarily discharge this debt. Um, there, you know, there's I, I don't practice in bankruptcy, but my sense is that intentional torts are uh, are not discharged through a bankruptcy process the way that other civil judgments can be. But whether you discharge him in bankruptcy or not, if he doesn't have it, you don't get it, right? He He's not going to manufacture this money, whether before or after a bankruptcy or whatever. So is there going to come a point where there's enough money out there to make an offer to these uh, to these plaintiffs that they're willing to accept rather than facing appeals and collection difficulties? Almost certainly, right? Uh, the question is, what will that offer be and will it be enough? It is unlikely to me at this point with what is left in Mr. Giuliani's expected life that he's going to be able to earn enough money at the back end of a bankruptcy or anything like that where these women are going to get paid this whole amount. Yeah, no, Mike, he's not. They are not getting paid. So you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> That's the difference between Bill and I, right? <laughs> Final thoughts, Noah. Um, what, what is your take? on this $148 million verdict? I don't have a problem with it. 
because as we know, bad conduct gets punished, right? I, I think the, the verdict was so high here because they were so upset on how these women were injured. The, the source of the injury, which is which was apparently was just outrageous, false actions, um, and they punished it. So I don't have a problem with it. Where I have a problem with is is relating it back to our own work, where you know the terms on the verdict form are fair and reasonable compensation. If you're going to award hundreds of millions of dollars for false statements being said about someone, then juries need to start awarding tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars when somebody dies. So that's where my head is, but that's coming from a professional aspect. Did they get it fair? Is it right? Sure. Just start awarding more money on cases that also deserve it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I think you've landed on a good place there. So look, my my opinion with respect to this verdict, I have some broad strokes concerns about, generally speaking, the use of the civil justice system to hammer out what are fundamentally political disagreements and political problems with political figures. I don't think this is a thing the civil justice system does particularly well. That said, part of the design of our system here is to award civil damages in places that will change the way that defendants conduct themselves. And when we as a society say, we need to award damages that reflect that you wronged somebody else, you injured somebody else, and we don't want you to do that kind of thing or anyone to do that kind of thing again in the future. The jury's doing a heavy dose of that here. The specific dollars and cents figures, look, I don't know. It's monopoly money to me, too. I can't tell you that $150 million is fair, but $300 million isn't or $50 million isn't. Uh, that question doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense to these jurors. Um, so, but, but again, my, my concern is when politics starts infusing these decisions, I think that it has an effect that we don't fully understand that can potentially cause some some First Amendment or some, is this really the way that we want to be treating our political opponents uh, going forward as a society? I, I have some concerns about that, but that's a that only happens after you have enough of these cases. That is not a particular to this case specific opinion. Look, I think it, as bad as what the plaintiffs in this case were subjected to, it's not as bad as being killed or being seriously maimed, right? Um, and yet these damages are more than what you would expect for getting killed or getting seriously maimed. And there's something about that in the way that the system is interacting that makes me uncomfortable and want to say, look, we, we need to put the brakes on here somewhere, somehow. But, but I'm not going to say that this verdict is unfair as such, right? The highest verdict, the highest medical malpractice verdict in Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that I know of was $8.7 million. So how does that, I don't understand how that happens. As long as there's, as long as the jury start appreciating the value of a dollar and fairly and reasonably compensating people, I'm good you with this. You do understand how that happens. This is a, Rudy Giuliani is super famous. He was America's mayor. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows the conduct he's involved in. And they're trying to make national news about what's going on with relitigating the 2020 election and all of that sort of stuff is backed in here, right? You don't have that when you have a generally sympathetic doctor um, who makes a mistake. And 
this is a problem inherent in the system. Once you decide that there's liability, you're not supposed to really be thinking about the nature of that conduct anymore. All you're supposed to be thinking about is what is that injury worth? And if you do that job as awful and as millions of dollars, and they should get millions of dollars, these particular plaintiffs should get, should they be getting, you know, 10 times or 20 times what people who are dead are getting? Probably not. But I think that's, a, I think that's undervaluing death, not overvaluing these injuries. This is what's going to frustrate me today. It's one thing to punish him for the 75 million. It's another to award 64 million for their pain when they don't award tens of millions of dollars that are really feeling the physical pain. I'm going to keep that hair on my tongue this morning. I have a hair on my tongue. Can't get it off. You know how much I hate that? Well, I will add this just as kind of a, a, a philosophical counter to that. We're all going to die, right? When we're talking about awarding damages in a wrongful death case, one thing we're thinking about is that's the end that's waiting for us all. Oh, great. Who's to say that it's not worse? Like, we're all going to die sometime anyway, but we don't all have to become infamous, like accused of stealing an election and being accused of being a threat to democracy. Infamous is, is when you're more than famous. This man, El Guapo, is not just famous, he's infamous. Right, that's a, a fate we don't have to suffer. So maybe it makes sense that, you know, juries view that sort of thing where, where hey, guess what? You're not just famous, but infamous now. Wow, the infamous? And that's gonna follow you the rest of your life and completely change what your life is and who you are versus death, which eh, it's coming for us all anyway. All right, thank you for joining us on this episode of I Strenuously Object. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you have any questions or mailing it in segment or any feedback or questions for the podcast, uh, email us at iobject at pghfirm.com. We are on Instagram at I Strenuously Object Podcast. For any legal needs that you may have, visit Flaherty Fardo's website. Uh, that's www. I don't have to say that, right? We're all we're, we're all grown-ups here. PGHfirm.com. Until next time, some parting advice. We're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. <laughs> <laughs>